your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Checking in your nighttime host. Didn't take the whole week off. I don't have any kids yet. I'm good. I'm ready to rock. You gotta call me up. We got some things to talk about. Last time I was on, Thursday night football was on. We don't have to mention the guy that started that game. Chris Streveler will not be starting the next game. Mike White is back. Start the Mike White hype right back up again. (laughs) We'll talk about the Jets. We'll talk about the Giants. There's your 300-yard passing performance from Daniel Jones. Now they got to win and be in. Colts coming to town. I mean, the NFL this weekend, I I enjoyed it a lot. Hopefully you had a good Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy New Year on deck. But having the NFL on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, I I enjoyed it. It was good. Background noise. I'm not a big Christmas music guy. My mom listens to the same Christmas albums, a very special Christmas, one and two. I I can't keep playing them. I grew up listening to them. So having some background NFL noise and uh, being able to lock in on the games and turn the volume up when I really wanted to see what was happening was fun. And there was a good slate of games, and uh, I'm glad that the Jets embarrassed themselves before Christmas. Jets fans were able to enjoy Christmas and put that to the side, and they got a Christmas gift. The Dolphins lose. And uh, with three interceptions, you know, Tua wasn't right. I don't know what the future holds for Tua, but the Dolphins, they're coming up in two weeks for the Jets. The Jets get a gift. Merry Christmas. You're still in it. Man, I thought the Jets were cooked weeks ago. I'm like, pack it up next year. Brees Hall, it's going to look a lot better. This whole year was wasted on that guy, number two, that you picked number two. But no, they're still alive. Mike White is cleared. Come on, Mike. This is it, Mike. Go win two games. They can beat Seattle. Even though Pete Carroll and Geno Smith will be looking for revenge, they can beat them and the 12th man out there in Washington. When asked about the matchup, Pete Carroll said, I don't know if he gets up any more than I do talking about Geno Smith. He says, I was there for a while, too. They sent me packing. Geno and I, we might ride this one out together. The Jamal Adams Bowl. Thank you, Jamal Adams, for the picks. The Jets were able to turn them into some star players. But, yeah, the story of this season is that one pick, man, that top pick, that number two pick, felt like a funeral Thursday night. Jets dressed in all black, rain, Offense was completely dead. And you get uh, Tim Tebow in there, and they're moving the ball. I said, that's it. There's no coming back from from this. You put a journeyman CFL quarterback in, and he's able to get something going. Yeah, that's all she wrote. So hopefully you won't call me up with that tonight. I feel like we spent a ton of time talking about ZW. I tried not to call him a B-U-S-T, but 
might be it for this season. And I hope that's it for the conversation on the fan. Let's talk about Daniel Jones. Let's talk about the Giants. I know they came up short. They had that early game on Christmas Eve, and it was a thriller. I think C-Mac and I talked on Thursday Night Live, and we said if there was a week where Daniel Jones could throw for 300 yards, it would be against this Viking secondary, and he did. Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, making those guys look like top-drafted receivers. And obviously, Saquon showed up. The defense was there, but not enough. Late in the game, it's tied, and they played right into the Vikings' hands. In that football palace, U.S. Bank uh, Stadium in Minnesota, Greg Joseph, he's money in there. And the Vikings win those close games. That's their M.O. all season. So you knew it was coming. And 61-yarder for Greg Joseph. That guy runs around and celebrates his career long. Four seconds left on the clock. That was a tough loss. But the Giants are fine. The Giants are fine. Some other losses helped them. And now you got the Colts, right? Nick Foles and the Colts you saw on Monday Night Football last night. No one should be afraid of them. Zach Moss is their running back now. Jonathan Taylor's done for the year. They're cooked. They know they're cooked. The whole team is done. So the Giants now get to host a late December football game. That means something. They can clinch and be in. And uh, who would have thought we would be looking at 2023 with the Jets and the Giants still being alive at this point after Christmas The Jets and the Giants are still alive. And excuse me, that game is actually Sunday, January 1st. So January football, the Giants can win. And I mean, if I'm a Giants fan, which I'm not, but if I'm a Giants fan, I'm going to that party. Maybe a little hungover on New Year's Day, but so what? You have a couple beers in the parking lot, you turn up, and you celebrate year one of the Joe Shane and Brian Dable era erasing the dr- the drought since you just heard Greg mention the drought from the, the boat party. And the Jets potentially could end their drought too. The NFL is crazy. The storylines just keep coming. Don't look now, but uh, week 17 starts in two days. The Dallas Cowboys take on the Tennessee Titans, both playoff teams right now. And uh, Dallas is 10.5 point favorites, 10.5 point favorites, excuse me. Still don't trust them. Unfortunately, I've been rocking with them, and I did have a holly jolly Christmas watching them not lose to the Eagles' backup quarterback, but I just fear something's going to happen down the down the stretch here. Either they lose one of these games or they're one and done, or we'll see. But Jalen Hurts didn't play. He's got a shoulder. They're not sure if he's going to go against the Saints this week. Dak was able to ball out. He was 24 for 24 against zone coverage. I laughed because I was thinking about how You know, the guy for the Jets can't see the defense. Dak knows what he's doing. He can see what they're doing in front of him. He can read a defense and deliver the ball. Uh, He's frustrating with the interceptions. That one interception that got ran back was pitiful, but it didn't stop him. So, I mean, the, the Cowboys go as far as Dak goes, and we'll see. The Denver Broncos, I thought they would go as far as Russell Wilson goes. Broncos country, let's ride. Russ is cooked, man. Talking about three interceptions. Didn't he throw three interceptions? And then he got Nathaniel Hackett fired. J.J. Watt retired. And Tom Brady's not even considering retirement. The never-ending story. Here it goes. Tom Brady. You know, you heard C-Mac talking about it, and I agreed with everything C-Mac said. Enough already. Thought this guy was going to retire in 2016. He's got all these extra years now. 
He's, he's definitely going to play another year next year. We'll see what happens with that. But I know the biggest topic of discussion is Carlos Correa tonight. What's up with that? I need an update. I'm refreshing Twitter. I thought as I was driving in, we would get something. Uh, let me go back and ref- refresh now that I'm live. Jeff Passan. Oh, Jeff Passan just reported something. It's not on Carlos Correa. He's confirming that Nate Valdi is going to sign with the same team that Jacob DeGrom signed with. Those World Series-bound Texas Rangers. They're building something. They got a winning culture building over there. They're looking to win. So they pick up Nathan Evaldi. I'm glad that the Yankees didn't uh, default into Nate Evaldi, a reunion with him. They went and got Carlos Rodon. All is quiet on the Yankees front. But there were some Yankees fans that were upset when Carlos Correa signed in the middle of the night. I think half of the Yankees fan base has this dream of Carlos Correa suiting up. I'm on the other side. Never wanted the guy. Never liked the guy. Not interested. And I'm definitely not interested now. This plate in his ankle. I feel like last week we didn't spend enough time talking about, hey, maybe there's more to this medical, this physical, this exam. I think we celebrated it on WFAN. You know, hella Mets fans here. We celebrated it like, oh, 2023 World Series champs, crown them. Don't even need to play 162. Start planning the parade. Steve Cohen, what a guy in the middle of the night. What was a bigger flex? It's not a flex to steal damaged goods. And right now there's a little bit of a holdup. Carlos Correa and this ankle thing, this plate that was, you know, before he started playing, if you let the used car salesman Scott Boris tell it, He's perfectly fine. He's perfectly fine. Well, here we are. There's a holdup. What's the weight now? He went from getting, I think, 13 years and 350 with the Giants. They stopped that as he is on his way to the press conference. Somebody is flagging his medicals to say you cannot give this guy a 12, 13-year deal. I heard a bunch of talk about Aaron Judge, nine years. He's going to break down. He's injury prone. Well, not like this. <laughs> Carlos Correa is a great player. I don't even want to say he's a great player. Carlos Correa is a good player, but I don't know if he's worth the risk. And now they're at the point where I feel like the longer this stretches out, they're just negotiating, right? They can't come to terms. That original deal is off the table. There's no way you can give him the 12 years for $315 million if you're the Mets. I thought he broke his back, spinal. I thought it was a back thing. So he's got a back thing. He's got an ankle thing. Father time is undefeated. He's not going to age well with these injuries. So the Mets probably took that order back or that uh, offer back, but it's Steve Cohen, right? The numbers don't scare him. He's worth $17 billion. He's the new George Steinbrenner in town. So he's still going to try and make the deal. I think both sides want each other. I think Carlos Correa wants to be in New York. He'll never be a Yankee. So he, he wants to sign with the Mets now that it actually got here. But the Mets can't sign him for 12 years and not that much money. They have the money, and they love doing these short-term deals, Carlos. Go ahead and prove it again. And I just think that's where we're at. Call me up with your thoughts. I guess we can continue to speculate. I guess we continue to just wait for more information. But, uh, yeah, there were some Mets fans that said I was a salty hater by saying, uh, I don't care. I, I didn't care if he signed with the Twins. I didn't care if he signed with the Giants. I wasn't interested in the guy. Signing with the Mets, great. There's your bat. Awesome. New A-Rod Jeter, whatever you want to call it. But uh, 
No, there's a little hold up here, folks. So we wait on that. We'll talk about that tonight. And we're definitely going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets tonight. What? Nobody cares about the Nets? Nobody's talking about the Nets? Yes, they are. I turned on TV this morning. Now the national media has no choice but to acknowledge the nine-game win streak. The longest win streak since the Nets have been in Brooklyn. The best run of this KD Kyrie era. And that's the thing. They want KD and Kyrie to be viewed as villains. They never love KD. He joined the Warriors. He's a cupcake. He broke up the Warriors. He came to Brooklyn. He joined team. He uh, joined forces with Kyrie. They tried to build a super team. They traded for James Harden. Kyrie's anti-vax. Kyrie's anti-Semitic. Well, you know what? All that is in the past. Jacques Vaughn has these guys listening, believing, and executing. And they're looking like one of the top teams in the NBA while Kevin Durant is rewriting the history books. He just surpassed Tim Duncan on the all-time scoring list, Kobe all-time for threes. He's not done. He's far from done. And I understand he requested a trade in the summer, and everybody, specifically you Knicks fans, wanted to run around and say, ha, ha, ha. This is a disaster. This is the, you know, worst move in the history of sports, not just basketball. Well, not so fast. Kyrie has been playing ridiculous since he's come back from his little suspension. And they have a cast of characters around them that they rolled the dice and gambled on. Ben Simmons, he's coming along. TJ Warren, he was hurt. Hadn't seen him in a while, but you know he's a bucket. He's a scorer. He's doing it. Utah Watanabe. Most of you don't know who that is. But Utah the Shooter's doing it too. Guys like Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Nick Claxton. You need to learn those names. It is now time to start talking about the team in Brooklyn as a potential team that can end this New York City championship drought. We'll get into it. I know the Knicks were rolling, but the Knicks cooled off. They're going to be fighting to be in the playoffs. The way it's set up right now, the Nets are third place. They just beat the Bucks. They just beat the Cavs. Celtics are on the way in less than a couple weeks. Tonight, we've got eyes on the Knicks versus Mavericks at 8.30. Capitals, Rangers just getting started now. Penguins, Islanders coming up at 7.30. And the uh, Capital One Bowl, Coastal Carolina versus East Carolina also on tonight. Keith McPherson on the fan. You've got me until 12 midnight. I host this show alone. Paulie is on the other side of the glass. He'll join me, but call us up. Let's talk all about it. Giants, Jets, Mets, Nets, Knicks, whatever it might be, even Yankees fans, if you if you want to call in and ask who's going to play left field, I guess we can continue that conversation. 877-337. A six, a six, and two more sixes. And I'll be right back, folks. <laughs> 